When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boulay, as always. I think the Stanley Cup celebration's over at this point. Free agency is in full swing. The Avalanche have made some moves. They've lost some guys. It's been a couple of days since we did our last episode. We last did our last episode when they acquired Georgiev. So we've got a lot to talk about in this episode. So we're going to do our very best to go through it in about chronological order. About chronological order. If you hear me and I sound a little bit different, I am on vacation. Uh, I'm hiding in a cabin uh, in a bedroom right now. Um, so it was a poorly timed vacation by me, but we are we are ready to roll. We ball. We figured, yeah, yeah. We figured like, it out. You look like you're in a box. To me, I I really am. Um, it's not very big. I'm sleeping in a twin size bed, and you know how tall I am. So that is, uh, that's that's been probably the worst part. But I've been going to the beach every day and have not gotten sunburned. So that's the big win. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk some maps hockey, man. Let's do it. No sunburn. That's better than I did in Colorado. Both. I know, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. So. I am I'm living the dream. I was on a boat on Tuesday or Wednesday. I can't remember what days it was, but uh, it was a great time, man. So I'm having a blast, but uh, hockey never sleeps, apparently. So no, it does uh, not. Not this offseason. This offseason. This offseason. But kind of wild. Yeah, it's been a little bit wild. We can start. Um, was it Monday that Chris McFarland was uh, promoted to GM and Joe Sackick promoted to uh, executive? president of hockey operations president of hockey operations so chris mcfarland who has been one of the secret architects behind the Avs' success for all these years is promoted to general manager of the Avs. while joe sackick is now the president of hockey operations for the Avs. i mean joe sackick might as well own the team at this point he's involved. this is definitely a made-up job like there is no like qualification like it, it, they just made up a job for him to stay within the organization so they could promote mcfarland yeah, for sure. I mean, he might as well just be the owner of the team. He is the avalanche at the end of the day. And really, not much is going to change here. McFarland is now just going to be the guy that makes the the final calls and some of the decisions on things. Sakic is going to be 
very much involved in all of those, but the difference is McFarland is going to be the guy taking the calls instead of Sackick, and Sackick is going to pretty much oversee everything. So it's pretty safe to say that Joe Sackick is going to be a member of the Colorado Avalanche for as long as he wants. Yeah, and same with Chris McFarland. Um, he was was he going to interview for the Ducks job if I remember right he earlier was, in the year? He was targeted by a couple of teams for open GM spots. I believe the Ducks was one of them. There's one more that's slipping my mind right now, but those were all shot down very quickly. And it's been yeah. presumed that this was coming for a long time. Sackick said in the the media availability right after it happened that this had been in the works for a couple of years and the Avs were always going to take care of Chris McFarland because we might not have always given him the credit he deserved for helping build this team because Sackick's the one who signs off on all the moves and he gets all the credit but this organization knows how valuable McFarland is ever since he came in in 2015 and they were always going to take care of him yeah and they did and it was it was the right thing to do. And like you said, it, it does not change anything for the abs. Like I love that the NHL tweeted that the abs are going to have a different GM. It does not change a single it's thing. A, like, it's a technicality. Like Chris yeah. McFarland is technically the general manager of the avalanche. And it's technically not Joe Sackick anymore, but really the, the meetings between executives are going to be the same. It's just McFarland's going to tell Sackick what the guy on the other line is saying, instead of it being the other way around. That's really, yeah. that's really the only difference. And we're seeing it with some of the moves that are coming in here. The, the thinking in the organization is exactly the same. Yeah. It, nothing's going to change. Um, good for Chris McFarland. He deserves it. Joe Sackick is just going to keep getting paid to do his thing, which totally cool with. Um, I mean, he's a GM of the year. <laughs> Joe Sackick would be pretty sick if Chris McFarland wins it next year. But um, I'm, I'm excited for Chris McFarland. Never met him, but Seems like a good dude. And uh, he got the ball rolling pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. What did that take, like four um, hours? Yeah, if that, because um, it was Monday, shortly after. I was on a boat, uh, had terrible reception, and I kept getting text messages from you sparingly. And all of a sudden, we got the news. The man, the myth, the legend, Valerian Nachushkin, is not going anywhere. Eight years, $6.125 million, if I remember off the top of my head. I believe so. Let me double, triple check that really quick. Yep. 6.125 for eight years, a $49 million contract, bit more term and a bit more money than we were imagining. But what did I say during the final about Val and his upcoming contract? I said, I do not care what he gets. You do not win without this man. And the way I saw it, I put up a poll on Twitter the other day. There are people that were like, ooh, that's a lot of money. You know, ooh, that's going to, might not age the best. I said, would you rather have found the Chushkin on a big, big boy contract or would you rather not have Val at all? Because those were the only options. They were the only options. And yeah, it sounds a little rich. Um, Honestly, you honestly have to, thinking about it, I don't think it is, especially nah, when you no, like, all of the that, that was the point I was going to get to. It's not super rich when you look at it. Val is going to play a top six role on this team for the upcoming future. Um, and we saw what he did when he got those top line minutes, how productive he can be. Um, I just, I, I don't, I can see why people would freak out because it was only three years ago. He was placed on waivers by Dallas and now he's getting paid this much money. But I, I love the deal. I think it's going to age perfectly fine. And all of a sudden you're talking about your core 
is Kale McCarr, Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Miko Rantanen, and Valna Chushkin, which is crazy to think about, but Valna Chushkin earned it, dude. He earned every cent of that contract. Outside of Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon, you could make the case that he was our most consistent player throughout the playoffs. Yeah, I, so, I think Val should have gotten more consideration for the Smythe than he ultimately got. It was always going to be Kale's, but the Avalanche do not win without Val Nachushkin in these playoffs. And it's funny to see like the amount of other fans that were kind of like, oh man, what an overpayment for a guy who just this season finally had a good year. This is not going to age well. You can really tell who actually watches the team and who yeah. just looks at at NHL.com and looks at points through for a career because Falnachushkin is unbelievable. All you had to do was watch him just grind Tampa Bay into dust in the final. And you see just how valuable this guy is. And he would have gotten 7 million from another team. Another team absolutely given him a seven times seven deal, probably even more because that's only 49 million, which is exactly what he got here. He probably would have gotten more. And there are teams that would have given him that money. And you consider the fact that he knows that we do not win without him. We did just win. And he's going to get all that money as an unrestricted free agent. This is not that bad of a contract. When you factor all of that in, it's really not. No. And he's just so valuable to this team. And I forget who it was. I think it was Yarmer Yager who said. It was. If Val Nachushkin ever figures it out, he's going to be the best player in the world. And he's figured out defensively. He figured out how to score some goals. It helps when you're playing with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Ranton, and Kale McCarr. Um, but I don't think it's unrealistic to say 20 goals next year. Like yeah, I think 20, 20, minimum. In, a, in a full 82 game season with this much confidence and knowing that he has the skill and he has the confidence of the team. I don't think 20, 25 goals is out of the question at all. If I, well, with this contract, I'd say that's what you should be getting. Yeah. And I, I really think he can get that. All. He has so many chances. He probably could have scored 35 this year if he didn't yeah. have stone. I mean, and now next year, we're probably going to see him playing with McKinnon a lot more now that the team really knows that they don't need to have the top line together all the time. Because as a matter of fact, in the playoffs, they didn't. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start the season with Val with McKinnon and Rantanen. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all because it's just such a – it's such a heavy line with Val and his forechecking is just so fucking good. And he plays so well with McKinnon. He's not as good as Landeskog, but he is closer than anyone else on the team to playing the way Landeskog plays. Yeah, I mean, I think the contract kind of reflects that. They got similar deals. Landeskog got a little more money because he's just a little better and he's the captain yep. of the team and Val got his money worth as well. Yeah, so I, I'm very excited for it. I'm glad we didn't have to sweat it out to the last minute. Um, it was good just to get that over with so we could focus on the next big things um, because it was actually a pretty quiet Tuesday. I, it I'd, was. Say. It was a, it was, I'd say it's just a, a thinking day ahead of free yeah. agency thing. People are seeing where things are going to pan out. But after Val got signed, it started getting talked about that maybe the Avs aren't as out on Josh Manson as we initially thought. And turns out we're not out on him at all because he's back. And coming back on what I think is a pretty reasonable contract, four years, yeah. 4.5 million. It's only a $400,000 increase off of his last contract all the way down to the term as well. He signed a four-year 4.1 contract with the Ducks. And so now you're bringing back your entire defense from last year, one through six, 
and you're only paying an extra 400,000 for it. I really don't see how this is bad. No, it's a great deal. Um, this was the negatives. I'm on the West coast. <laughs> I woke up at 9am local time and I had already missed so damn much. Um, because it, it truly, it shocked me. I, we both said in our free agency preview last week that we don't think Manson's coming back because I, I said Manson is, of all the players is probably the most likely to be gone. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, like we said in that episode, this is going to age poorly. It's going to age very poorly. poorly and dear God, it has. Yeah. We were, we were terribly wrong on a lot of them, but I was close. Going back, I was really close. close. I was so close. But going back to what you said earlier about bringing back the whole decor, that is a luxury that most Stanley cup teams do not get to afford. I mean, you're talking about your third pair being Manson and EJ who both were in the playoffs. I mean, I'd say your second and third pair is either Byram or Gerard. One on the second, one on the third, EJ or Manson. You can swap the two as you like. That's unbelievable. The fact that you can have Gerard or Byram on your third pair and it's not because they're bad is unbelievable. Yeah, it is truly a like a luxury that most teams don't get to have. And this is this is the best one through six defense in the league, and I don't think it's close. It isn't close. It isn't close at all. I mean, you saw the difference in. When Sammy G got hurt in the playoffs and Jack Johnson came in, the Avs were playing with 5D from the second period on. Like Jack Johnson would get his seven minutes in during the first period or five minutes in, and then you would not see him for the rest of the rest of the game. Um, it's very, very important to have those pieces um, coming back into a decor because here's the thing. Injuries are going to happen. People are going to get hurt. And now you're talking, you have six NHL caliber defensemen seven with Curtis McDermott in sparing moments. And I still think Jack Johnson has a chance of coming back. If he decides to not retire, I haven't heard anything about Jack Johnson. That's, that's what makes me think they might just be like, here's $750,000. Yeah. Cause like, I love Jack Johnson. Didn't used to, that's obvious. Is anyone that desperate to get him? Is no. anyone really going to be like, Oh, that's Jack Johnson. He won a Stanley cup. They couldn't have done it without him. Let's throw him a million bucks. I don't think any that's possible. It's, it's possible. But like you said, we haven't heard anything on Jack Johnson. I think he's going to take the summer and he, I would be surprised if he comes back like right before training camp, which yeah, actually I was, like I was half expecting before. to pick up my phone and see that he signed somewhere. Cause I realized I haven't looked at it since we started the episode. I was half expecting to see that, but he hasn't. So he hasn't. So I, I agree. Like, Having that many defensemen, it was a reason why the Avs won the cup this year was because they had that depth defensive wise. And uh, Josh Manson was a great addition. Um, I know analytically he hasn't been, he's been on the decline a little bit, but he was playing top pair minutes with Anaheim when they were really bad. Um, so I think if you put it more in a second pair, third pair role, I think he's going to do exactly what he did in these playoffs. And yeah, he'll do a dumb, dumb play every once in a while, but what are you going to do? Like, right. And he's, he's just a great fit on the abs. He perfectly complements what this team needs. And it's like you said on the ducks, he's not really put in a position where he can thrive. Manson should not be higher than the second pair really ever. He should be playing maybe 15, 16 minutes a night, most nights. And the guy you see analytically where Jay fresh tweets, out he has like a 15% wins above replacement percentage that guy does not match the guy that played in the playoffs who was pretty sick. Yeah. He was fantastic in these playoffs and he adds, he's not offensively 
gifted like right. a majority of the Avs defensemen, but he's which a stay-at-home defenseman. Yeah, which is what they need because you have McCarr, exactly. you have Gerard, you have Byram. You can put Devontae's in that category too because he's just good on both ends of the ice. Yeah. And so it doesn't hurt to have a Josh Manson whose first instinct isn't to jump up into the rush, which is also hilarious considering where he was on the Stanley Cup winning goal, which is on the rush. But he was on the rush a lot in the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's just the freedom the Avs give their defensemen that like, hey, if the opportunity is there, go for it. Um, I'm excited to have Josh Manson back. Uh, I don't think this contract's going to age super poorly. I mean, he does have a, I think he had a modified no movement clause in there. Um, if I remember reading that right, but he, he's a solid defenseman who you lock in for four years. Yeah. He has a no trade clause for the first two years and last two years, a modified 12 team, no trade list. And even then, if this contract like in two years sucks and is an albatross, 4.5 is not that bad. There are teams that will take 4.5 for two years for a couple draft picks. Yeah, I exactly. Really, really, there are way worse contracts that were signed in the last four hours than there are with Josh Manson right now. You know he's good. You know he fits on the team. As much as I advertise for Brett Kulak, because I just didn't think we were going to get Manson, you know what Manson is, and you don't know if Kulak would have gelled well with this team. You have it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't, and you know what Manson is. He fits here. It's really not a bad contract because I thought he was going to get five million plus on the market for four to five years. So getting him, and granted, when I say we're only paying four hundred thousand dollars more, that's a lie because he had retained salary from the Ducks. But realistically, from his actual contract, it's only a four hundred thousand dollar increase. That's not that bad at all, and. Into even worst case scenario, two years, it's terrible. You got to buy him out. You got to trade him. It's possible. There, there, are, possible. there are way worse contracts out there. Is, is it perfect? Is it going to age perfectly? I don't know, but I, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. I mean, kudos Chris McFarland that I, I noticed with a lot of the contracts that in the NHL, they've, they built in that gap that if it, if it blows up in their face, they create that opportunity to move that player. Um, so shout out to Chris McFarland and Joe Sack for getting this deal. It seems like it benefited both sides. Um, locks Josh Manson in for two more years. And in two years, we're going to be talking about, I mean, that's when Devon Taves contracts up. Uh, Bo Byram's going to need a contract by then. So it could be a, a revolving door in two years, but that's a future us problem. That's a two years away for us problem. Right. Like uh, you really can't be too worried about what's this team look like in 2026 right now. Yeah. Like you that, can't that's the problem that. you deal with later. Exactly. And you have two years of your six defensemen locked in for right. pretty reasonably priced defensive. Right. Like, because next year, the only thing you really have to take care of is Bo Byram and his extension. He'll be an RS His extension. And, and EJ and, comes off the books. EJ next comes year. up for $6 million, which is all going to exclusively go to Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. So, so maybe there's another hole to fill next year on the bottom pair. But that's only one thing, and you got to pay Byram a little more. Does it get tougher to keep some guys? Maybe, but that's next offseason's problem. Now you're running back your defense this season that was completely dominant en route to a Stanley Cup. And you worry about the money and the contracts in the offseason because for right now, you're set. Yep. Right now, you're set. And we talked about it on whatever episode we did last when we got uh, Georgiev he's going to need that strong defensive play in front of him. And with bringing these six guys back, I feel completely confident that the is going to have a 
decent year, and Frankie's going to have a great year too. So great signing for the Avs. Um, it was really just the beginning of the day. Um, there was a little bit more that happened. Uh, real quick, we can talk about Darren Helm coming back. One year, 1.125, basically the same deal that uh, Cogliano got. Yeah, it's right? 1.25. So yeah. for both of them combined, it's two and a half. Again, yeah. little more than we expected, but they're going to be free agents. They just won a Stanley Cup. They're going to get more on the open market. And plus, we just talked about the defense that did you so well. You're bringing back that fourth line. That was killer in the playoffs. Yeah. Cogliano, Helm, Logan O'Connor. That is a vicious fourth line. And it drove Tampa Bay insane in the final. It's hilarious to me that the lowest paid player on that line is Logan O'Connor. How great is that extension? There's looking pretty there's damn good. Three more that. years on that deal. And it's $50,000 above a million. He's been great, dude. And I, along with bringing those pieces back, your PK, which started the season wasn't very great, but I thought near the end of the season in the playoffs, I thought the penalty kill was fantastic. And you bring back all of the key players who contributed to that. And who did they acquire that led to the penalty kill getting better? Andrew Cogliano. Don't think it's a coincidence. Don't think it's a coincidence, but I'm excited to have Darren Helm back. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we go into the regular season again. He's just kind of conserving his energy for a playoff run. And I'm totally cool with that. As long as he comes out in the playoffs and his big Dick Darren again. Oh yeah. So I mean, who cares at like regular season? Are we even going to pay any attention to that? We will because we have to talk about it, but in the same way, like the episodes are going to be weird because we're going to have to like muster up like panic or like concerns with something. Like, oh, they lost two in a row or something. Is this, yeah. Just the downfall of the avalanche because Darren Helm isn't skating at 100% in game 37. It, well, I mean, that's what we're going to have to do. So we're just preparing you guys for that because in all actuality, the regular season is going to it be utterly, utterly meaningless. Utterly meaningless. But the abs kind of went quiet. Oh, I guess not really quiet. Um, we can talk about the sad news. Um, it was expected. Darcy Kemper is going to your Washington Capitals five years. Five million uh, AAV. I five I first look five point five point five. Sorry, yeah. five point five. No, I no first you were right. I was looking at the other one. You were right. It's five. Yeah, yeah. Like I, at first, I was a little disappointed because I thought the abs were that. No, we're, we're both wrong. It's five point two five. Jesus, oh, God damn, we were struggling. <laughs> we're in the middle. I have no excuse um, to get that wrong. This is both of my teams. Yeah, yeah. Shit. Um, but when I looked at that, I was kind of like, damn, that was actually pretty feasible. But then you look into the depths of the contract, uh, the first couple of years, he's making six. So he did end up getting that money in the first couple of years. And that made me feel a little bit better. Um, I'm glad he went to a team that since me and you started doing the show and we've become friends, I'm glad I will get to continue to cheer for Darcy Kemper. Cause he is a very likable guy. Um, but it was expected, but it was still kind of a bummer. Um, but Speak for yourself, man, he's 45 minutes away from me now. I don't even, yeah, have no, you'll get to see him a lot more than I will. It's going to make those Washington games even more badass to the two times they play. Um, I, I think Darcy Kemper got criticized heavily here. Some of it unfairly, actually a majority of it unfairly in the end, he won a Stanley cup for the abs um, was a key part to 
God, I like the amount of disrespect he was getting on TSN and ESPN after the signing was announced. He's like, yeah, well, he didn't win the Stanley Cup. He he won it with them. I was just like, that doesn't okay, but yeah, I mean that. Yeah, okay, whatever you say. But I I will always functioning eyeball and really stepped up when we needed him against Tampa. So, I mean, look at games four and six. He was fantastic in both those games that helped the Abs win the Cup. So. I will always cheer for Darcy Kemper. I'm very glad he's going to a team that I watch a lot because me and you are friends and we like to talk about it. Um, bummer he couldn't stay here, but when you see that contract and the money and the term. It makes it just, a lot more sense for the Caps to do that than the Abs. And 100%. Because the, the, the Caps the are an old team already. They gave up their goalies. They did not qualify yeah. Samsonov and they traded Vanacek. Five years for Darcy Kemper is not that bad for them at all, especially at 5.25. I was expecting six times six and was prepared to just have to eat that for a couple of years. This is really not that bad. And they also signed Charlie Lindgren to be the backup out of St. Louis. I love that tandem. I think that's really good. And I'm happy. I didn't have to say goodbye to Darcy at all. It sucks to be you guys, but I get to go drive 45 minutes and see him 41 times a year. So, so good for you, man. Enjoy it. I will. I'm glad he went to a team that I can cheer for um, and cheer for his success. Uh, as long as they don't face each other in the Stanley Cup final, I see no problem with it. And um, they will not. So don't they worry. will not because the caps are caps. are gonna caps, be I would be ecstatic if they made the playoffs. Yeah. So before we get back to more positive news, uh, there is one more sad thing we have to talk about. No, there isn't. Um, I texted Griffin when I found out the news to check in on him. He sent me a video that was quite sad. Um, our main guy, a guy we probably think people think we criticize him too much. We were too hard on him, but that was coming from a place of love. And now that he's gone, it's going to be very weird. But Andre Burakovsky signs with the Seattle Kraken five years, 5.5? 5. 5. 5.5. That's what I was million. looking at with the Darcy thing. It was five yeah. and a half. Um, all I can say is good for Andre Burakovsky. He got the bag. He got the term. He's going to have a chance to – if he gets scratched in Seattle, we're talking some major problems because Seattle is not good. And they're not going to be good for a couple more years. But the chance of him playing with Shane Wright or Matty Beniers is kind of badass to think about. Um, again, I would have loved to kept Berkey, but he did go get his bag, and he's going to get to live in a – beautiful city of Seattle. So the floor is yours, Griffin, because I know this one hit you hard. Yeah, I thought I'd be more ready for this, but (laughs) it doesn't get any easier because when he got traded the first time, he went to Colorado. Like, like, all right, I lucked out. That's pretty awesome. Now he's going to Seattle and I'm grateful he did not go to the laundry list of teams that I hate Minnesota, Boston, Pittsburgh, Vegas. Like there's so many teams I just don't like. I was really worried he was going to go to one of them. Seattle, I think was one of the ones I was most okay with team with a fresh slate, a team where he's going to get a massive opportunity and fuck. I'm really going to miss him because it's been a, it's been a fun eight years of, always having him on my favorite team. I mean, how lucky am I as a fan to have my favorite player win two Stanley cups, one on each of my favorite teams. How, how many people can say that? I'm incredibly lucky. You're making a face. What just happened? The fucking flyers signed Nick DeLorean. Oh yeah. Four years. 
Jesus, what fucking idiot. Sorry, back to your rant. Yeah, they're going to be terrible. But yeah, um, I mean, the Kraken absolutely skyrocketed on my favorite teams list. They are a, a distant third, but I will buy a Berkey jersey when they release. And once they drop Those this number, sick jerseys, by the way. Like, I'm going to get, jersey, I'm gonna get a pretty sick jersey out of the deal yeah. for sure. But I knew this was coming. He went exactly to the team I thought he was going to go to. I'm glad it wasn't Dallas or anyone like that. Um, yeah, it sucks to, I don't know, because it's weird. It's, it's definitely it is, weird. It is weird because the Kraken, they're not going to be good. I think they're doing a horrible job outside of Berkey. I did not like what they did today outside of Berkey. I think, the, I think Berkey's without exaggeration, one of the best moves they've made in franchise history, because it's not a very steep list, but it also is funny. I'm pretty sure you saw this tweet where if I had a nickel for every time Berkey won a Stanley cup and then went to a team with Philip Grubauer on it, I'd have two nickels, which is not a lot, but it's weird that it's happened twice. So yeah. now he's going with Grubauer. Who knows? Maybe having Berkey around will turn Gruby around as well. We'll see. And Who so knows? Seattle the Kraken are kind of becoming the, uh, the Avs second team with all the former players that are oh, going yeah. there. John Scoy, Grubauer, Berkey. I mean, Berkey playing on the wing, like you said, of Matty Beniers or Shane Wright in the future, I think is going to work out pretty well. Berkey is probably going to get top line minutes on this team. Oh yeah. Every He's going to score 30 season. goals next year. I if he does not score 30 goals next year, it's never going to happen. Yeah. So I'm going to tune into a lot more Kraken games when the abs aren't playing just to follow my boy. Uh, I'm going to see when the Kraken are in town in Washington. Cause I already checked Colorado. I, I can't be out there for those, which is unfortunate, yeah. but yeah, uh, I knew it was coming, but still getting that notification from Chris Johnson is still just like, like the, you're, you're always holding on to that little bit of hope in the back of your Yeah, head. you're always holding on to it. And I, you look at Burakovsky, he came to the abs from Washington. He wasn't getting an opportunity at Washington. He came to Colorado. He was here for, God, was it three years? Might have been four at this point. Might have been four. I can't remember. But he flourished just, yeah, here. Yeah, three. Yeah, the, he was the bubble I mean, feels like two seasons. Yeah. So he was great while he was here. He earned all that money. Um, in a weird way, if I'm trying to spin it the right way, I'm kind of glad we didn't pay him that because that's yeah. an expensive contract and you're expense, expecting 25 goals or 30 goals from him and 65, 70 points. And I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, once I, once I take off my Berkey jersey, it makes sense not to sign him. I've, I've said it for months that. It, this was inevitable that he was not coming back because it just doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. for the money he's going to get. And for let's face it, how frustrated they were with him at times. He's a very frustrating player. I think he's just meant to be on a team like Seattle or Ottawa or Buffalo or something like that and get those top line minutes and hold the fort until like a top prospect comes and pushes him down to a second line role. I feel like that's a role he's going to thrive. At. He's won two cups. Now the only thing left for him to do is get paid and score 30 goals. And so he got paid 5.5 for five years. And now he's, now he's got to live up to it. He's got a big boy contract. I really hope he does it. And it sucks not to see him on the abs or the caps anymore, but it's been a fun journey. I can't imagine it ending any better than it, it did here other than him getting hurt in the final, but he scores the overtime winner in game one. He scores a goal in game three, immediately breaks his thumb. What better way to wrap up the Berkey experience than the yeah. roller, roller coaster that. of two games in the final? Yeah. So, I mean, he, 
he's going to get his bag and he got his bag. And I wouldn't be shocked if we're talking in like two years, he's like the number one trade option on the market. Oh, yeah. This is not, he's not going to be there for five years, especially because yeah. like, I just don't think Seattle's run very smart. No. I so think he'll probably get dumped for first and they'll retain half the salary. So um, good for Berkey. I, like you said, I'm glad he went to a team that I don't hate so far. Both the players that have left the abs have gone to teams that I can cheer for um, and cheer for them to do well. But that's enough of the sad news. Let's get into probably my favorite signing of the day. It was a signing that we knew was going to happen. We just didn't know how long the term was going to be. And that's Arturi Lekkanen, restricted free agent. You're making a face. No, that's got. Johnson saying Columbus is lurking in the Gaudreau sweepstakes right now. Hilarious. That would be so funny if he went to Columbus after Calgary. Um, but Arturi Lekkanen signs for five years. Remind me of the AV. It's somewhere in the four five range. years, $4.5 million. Holy shit. What a contract. It's great. We, we were both talking that he was maybe going to take a bridge deal by I'd, two years or one year. I'd argue he should have because yeah. he, he's leaving money on the table in his career with this contract, which is great for the abs. Maybe he just wants to be in Colorado and is willing to take that deal. This is a phenomenal contract. You're getting like in an under five for five years. This guy does nothing but score big goals, is an outstanding middle six player that you can throw up on the top line if need be, just the ultimate utility knife. I have nothing bad to say about this contract. It, it, could, it could have been upwards of four and a half. It could have been five and upwards. As long as you're getting term on that contract with Lekkonen, I think it's amazing. I think it's amazing, and I I would argue he hasn't even reached his peak offensively yet. No, he's this is the first had... time he's really going to be put in a position to succeed in a role. He yeah. was he was in that spot at times in Montreal, but never consistently. Never consistently, and he's going to get the opportunity with the Avs. I think he's going to play consistently top six minutes, which I'm totally cool with. You get another guy who's young, tons of speed. He's locked up for five years. Um, we knew that a contract was going to happen when it got announced and you saw what it was. It made me even happier because like you said, five years for our Terry Lekkonen is going to age beautifully. Like oh, we yeah. talked about how there's a possibility that Josh Manson could age poorly. Our Terry Lekkonen is still kind of middle level. He still has a chance to go skyrocketing up like Val did last year. Oh yeah. There is so much potential for Lekkonen to be even better than he was. And you think about it, like you think about in terms of buying UFA years, you bought five of them. There's no RFA years in here. This is the last RFA year of his career. If he signed a one-year deal, he's an unrestricted free agent next year. You bought five UFA years of Arturi Lekkonen at 27. This expires when he's 32, which is, I'd argue, the perfect time to be like, thank you for your services or something. And I I can't believe we actually got him for five. At for Crazy. under $5 million. He's going to be worth way beyond that at the end of next season. I love yeah. this guy. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if you don't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. 
You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Even though hockey's over, there is still plenty to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook. And best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. He was there's a reason why they picked him up at the deadline and you part you parted ways with Baron. And it kind of makes you think like maybe the abs had this plan all along. I think they because because you let guys like Hellison go and Baron go, two young defensive prospects. And we already talked about it earlier in the episode, you have six defensemen right now. Right. So I, when were those guys going to crack the lineup? Right. Ironically, I lit just for whatever reason, I listened back to our Lekkanen episode when we acquired him just because I was bored and I was interested in what we had to say about it. We've talked about that right at the time is that you don't give up Baron for a one year rental. This is a guy that they have planned to be in their system for several years. It's just a matter of how many years he gets signed for. And the fact that you're going to have him for five is an A plus plus at Arturi Lekkanen was the best move of the deadline last year. And I'd argue just signed one of the better contracts in the league for what he brings to the table. Four and a half for this guy, for everything he does, absolutely worth it. And for five years is crazy. We talked about with the Avs. The Avs obviously have the skill players in McKinnon, McCarr, Landeskog, Rantanen. You need those guys who are the Swiss Army knife, who can just do a little bit of everything. And you've got the best in the NHL, in my opinion, in Val Nichushkin. And you've got, in my opinion, the second best in Arturi Lekkanen. And then you can throw in Darren Helm and Andrew Cogliano kind of up there too on the very latter end. You have the skill. You need the utility guys who will just go in and do the dirty work, kill the penalties, and score big goals. And that's what the Avs did. They brought back both of those Swiss Army Knife guys. Yeah, they're the players that drive other teams crazy. When you're going up against a team in a seven-game playoff series – and they do their best to shut down the Avs' top line, and let's say they do for a shift, they're immediately rewarded with Nachushkin, we'll figure out who's at center, and Lekkanen, which is, ever since we acquired Lekkanen, I've said those two together is lethal, but you can split them up and put one on the top line and put Ranston or Landeskog down with one of them. It's, it just gives you such an amazing amount of depth and so many options because these guys – they're not just like 10 goal scorers, but they're great defensively. These guys have significant offensive upside that they still might not even have reached. I think with Val, we've seen maybe the peak of him that we, that's what we can expect next year. Lekkanen, I think there's a lot more of that 20 goals, I think is very much in the question for him. Oh, I, I would argue 25. He had 19 this year. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like 20, for that's 20, what I mean. Like 20 goals. Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's, he's going to be, everything we thought JT Comper was going to be when we signed him. Uh, so Arturi Lekkanen coming back, you bring back five of the six of the top six that the abs had going into the playoffs. Um, obviously the biggest one being on the market is Nazem Kadri. I, for one, am shocked he has not signed with someone yet. I'm, I, I'm not. I think he's considering all of his options at this point because the, they talk, they were talking on TSN about how the biggest factor for him is not quite money 
but going to a contender. Pretty, pretty much a mix of both. The Avs are obviously that, but they can't give him the money that he needs unless they make a trade, unless they trade Comfer or something like that. So if Kadri comes back, someone else is going to be gone. But now we're also starting to see some teams are coming off the board. He's not going to the Rangers because they signed Vincent Trocek. He's not going to go to a team like Seattle because they're not contenders. And so you're slowly starting to see the list narrow and whittle down. The start of the day, I would have said 1% chance Kadri comes back. Now I'm kind of up to 25. There's, it's not a 0% chance anymore, but I don't think he comes back. But the longer this goes on, more teams are going to make their move at center. And we might be one of them too. But the longer neither of us have a dance partner, the more likely that reunion could be coming. And that's why I thought he'd sign super early because he wanted to jump on teams who were desperate for a center. I just and don't like think how free agency works sometimes because you get Jack Campbell, who three seconds in signs a five million five-year contract with Edmonton. And yet it seems like Kadri was just starting to get offers when it started. I don't get how tampering works in this league, but it's tampering, let's face it, but they're not going to find 25 teams for doing it. So no one cares, but I don't know. I'm with you on that a little bit, but I think he's just slowly mulling everything over. It seems like Calgary could be an option for him as well. Now. Oh God, please just not Calgary. Yeah. Cause now they've lost Goudreau. He's probably going Philly or New Jersey or Columbus, like I said earlier, or something like that. They might be looking at him as a Goudreau replacement, which is, that's, uh, I don't I, know how that's. I don't want him to go there because Calgary's going to trick themselves into thinking that they're still cup contenders and they are not at all. And hilarious, they're, just, still, they're still below the cap floor. Really, oh, yeah, because they still got Shine Kachuk and yeah. all that other shit. I, I agree with you. Like, if you would have told me at the beginning of the day that, our increase our chances increased to 25 percent yeah i'd take it i still think he goes somewhere else uh i would love for him to go to washington i don't know if they have the money anymore i don't but, think so i but, think they're i think they're done that mcclellan already had his press availability they signed kemper lindgren and eric gustafson and called it a fucking day like i don't okay sure. like yeah but i i, I mean, don't know I, man I, th- I think I might be leaning with the Islanders right now, honestly. If they miss out... I wouldn't if, mind him on the if Islanders. They, if, they, I wouldn't mind. if they strike out on Goudreau, I think they're going to throw that money at Kadri. I'd be cool with that. Uh, I'd be cool with that. I know for you, but like the Islanders are really kind of... They're really kind of nothing to me. But I I just don't see McFarland or Sackick moving like... It's not going to be Gerard. Can we address it? They're not trading yeah. Sam Gerard. They're not going to trade Sam. If anyone gets traded, it's JT Comfer. And I really kind of like the way Comfer played in the playoffs. I think the Avs realized that. He had his moments. I mean, game six is at St. Louis, games one and two against Edmonton. Like, I, I felt pretty good. I just, yeah, the second line center position is very important. We saw how crazy important it is, but the thing that won you the cup this year was your depth with your third and fourth lines. Um, and if you lose a guy like JT comfort, I, I don't know, like it's the yin and the yang. Cause yes, I want Nas back, but do I want to lose JT comfort? It's the thing is if you're asking me one for one, yeah, I'd want to keep Kadri, but yeah. five, six, seven year term, six, $7 million. I don't know. Comfort comes off the books next year. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, like, yeah, that you got to be mindful of your cap situation. 
and let's say Kadri goes to the Islanders, there are still options out there. Just yep. the way I've been thinking of it recently is we don't think they're going to throw new hook into that second line role yet. So maybe you bring in a guy, a two, $3 million guy, one to two year contract. Like let's, let's just say Paul Stastny, Dylan Strom or Ryan Strom or someone like that, just throwing examples out there. Not that I think that's going to happen, but just for the sake of conversation, you do that for a couple of years, you save some money, you wait for new hook to be ready. And if it's a big problem in season, you go out and you acquire something at the deadline or something like that. We might not, we really might not see this substantially resolved until March. No, I agree. I, I wouldn't mind a Paul Stastny because that kind of fits your, your time frame of hopefully new hooks ready. Um, I just, I'm not, I don't love Paul Stastny and his game anymore. I really feel like at that point, you're going to be leaning more on new hook in a second line role. Yeah, no, I agree. But if you're talking about signing cop or not cop, I'm sorry. I'm still thinking Winnipeg. You're thinking of Stastny to play a third line role. You have center depth, which is better than what you have right now. But I think if you're signing Stastny, you're putting new hook in that role. Yeah. A a name that you mentioned that I think is actually a real possibility. A guy who could take like a one year prove it deal. Dylan Strom. I like Strom, but I think there's a lot of teams. Well, he actually hasn't been signed yet, so maybe I'm totally off base on this. I think there's a lot of teams that might look at him, but Stanley Cup champs might not be a bad place to turn your your career around. Yeah, sign a one-year, like, $2 million deal, and then you have two guys. Are they – can they make up what Kadri brought last year? I think so. I, think I don't think Dylan them Strom has this, him. I think Dylan Strom has the ceiling to become the closest to Kadri. Yes, and what I agree. Brought. I don't want to touch Ryan Strom with the 10 foot pole. I really, yeah, I, I, I've never really liked his game. I thought he benefited a lot from playing with Panera and obviously he'd be playing with the McKinnon or Amico, but one, I think he's going to be too expensive. Um, and I just, I've never been a big uh, Ryan Strom fan. I think Dylan Strom will be a better fit for the Avs. Um, and I think he's more financially responsible personally. I mean, I agree. I mean, I'm just indifferent on Ryan Strom, I guess, but we talked about the center depth and free agency not being deep. I feel like once you get past the Stroms, you're really running out of options and then you got to look at the trade market again. And the trade market could be anyone. I really don't have one guy that comes to my head as like, that's obvious replacement. I'm sure they've identified some guys, but once you get past the first day of free agency, those trades become a little harder to come by because teams are starting to put their rosters together and they're more unwilling to trade guys at that point. So I'm sure there's something, but I would prefer Dylan Strom way more than Ryan, because I think Ryan is going to demand more term and more money. You can get Strom exactly. on a one, two year prove it deal. Three, maybe four, if you're pushing it million dollars. I think that is a good reclamation project because he was good in Chicago it just doesn't make any sense why they're like, no, we're not playing you ever. We will, you are sitting on our bench on our terrible team. And when you do come in and play well, it doesn't matter. It was just a very strange philosophy they had with him. Didn't qualify him, didn't try to trade him, which is very strange. You come to the Stanley cup champs who have a reputation of fixing guys, getting their legs under them and seeing what they can do. I like it. Are they going to be the only team in on his services? I doubt it. But if they can pull it off, I wouldn't be opposed to it. But there are some parts of Strom's game that would need to significantly change in order to fit in with the app's structure. Agreed. 
but I, I just look back on what the ABS have done with their uh, reclamation projects and it's worked every single time. So if you're a player who's coming off of maybe a bad year and you need to come and get some good publicity going, it doesn't help to, it doesn't hurt to go play with the uh, Carl avalanche who are going to win a shit ton of games and have a chance to win the cup. So I think, I, I honestly think that once Kadri signs, wherever it is, I would not be shocked if the Avs don't make any moves until the deadline. I, I really, I, I think McFarland and its executive have shown they like to have the cap flexibility because it came in handy this year at the trade deadline. And I think it's going to come in handy again. So I, I just, I think we're going to see a couple other like, like Darren Helm type signings of a couple guys who are going to sign for like a million bucks. But I don't know. It's going to be, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, they, but... do, they do have $4.6 million in cap space still. Yep. So they can still do stuff. It's just once Kadri's off the market, Bergeron's still listed, but he's going back to Boston. So you're really down to Kadri, Ryan and Dylan Strom as viable options in the free agent market to even remotely play second line center. There is one guy I think could be interesting, not at all as a second line center, but we're on the topic of reclamation projects is Sam Steele. He did not get qualified by Anaheim. He's an unrestricted free agent. He's shown some flashes in his career. I think that could be something like you throw him, you get him for under a million dollars. You throw him in a bottom six role. There could be something to that. I think I'm, I think I am stretching my arms to the moon right now with this, but on the topic of reclamation projects, I wouldn't hate it at all. But I no, think, I mean, I think Strom makes sense. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the Avs do. Um, I just, I, I don't know if anything's going to happen once Kadri goes, and then I think we'll know more of a plan because I really think Kadri wants to come back here, but yeah. he also wants to get paid. I, and... I think we're not going to find out until after Kadri, or at least until they find out what Kadri's doing. Because if, like, let's say you see Comfort get traded, that means Kadri's coming back, yes. essentially. Yes. That's exactly what it means, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's going to be very, very interesting. I got nothing else about the abs. Should we just do a quick fire off of, uh, of, uh, well, we got, there's a little, there's a few more things. You got Abe Cubell going to Toronto. For oh yeah. I forgot about that. And a guy that I like, I know he's not very good, but I have a soft spot for him. Jonas Johansson's coming back on a one-year deal. Yep. Probably, I wouldn't even call him a third goalie. He's going to fight for the starting goalie for the Eagles and everything because Hunter Miska is not there anymore. Just, I like JoJo. He's just, I don't know. There's something about him I've always liked for some reason. And I'm, I'm glad to see he's back because he got lit up in Florida. And I'm yeah. glad to see, I'm glad to see he's still in the NHL or I guess the AHL. Yeah, but so still in Cooper, professional hockey. It's so funny that fucking uh, the Panthers like claimed him out of spite, and then they just fucking didn't use him. Yeah, they, and, and they used him, and he sucked with them because they have a terrible defense. So JoJo, it, it's good. You have four goaltenders now. What are you making that face for? Oh, what do we it's, got? It's with the Caps. Henrik Borgstrom's going to the Caps, which I think is pretty interesting. And also, Columbus is offering Johnny Gaudreau. The rumor is seven years. $12 million. That's what Columbus is trying to throw at him. Fucking hell. That's a lot of cash. That's more than what the Flames offered him even. And one guy I was literally just about to mention went off the boards, Johan Larson's going to Pittsburgh. It's a good signing for Pittsburgh. That's a good sign for them. I, would have, I wouldn't have been opposed to him on a, a depth signing. He was pretty good with the Caps. 
Yeah. So that's one so, that's one guy I liked off the board. Still one guy I like still on the board, Zach Aston Reese. If you can swing a minimum deal for him, I think that's a really good reclamation project too. There's a lot of pieces that the Avs have, but you're you're talking now about depth guys, which is good for the Avs um, outside the second line center. Um, put a bow on that with JoJo. Like he, he, it's never a bad thing to have depth goaltending or in the organization. We know what JoJo is. Um, he'll be a good mentor for Eustace uh, Annan and your four goaltenders deep now with guys who have NHL capability. Um, would I be happy if it was fucking JoJo and Eustace Annan as in playing any games this year? No. Um, but you give that, you get that organizational depth, which is good. Uh, the knack, Nicholas Obey-Cubell signing with the Toronto Maple Leafs. I, I mean, it was about what we expected to get or what he would get. Yeah, he went unqualified, signed for a million dollars. He had zero points in the playoffs and his ice time, you could tell they're like, you're here because we're running out of options. They didn't yeah. hate him. And he was a fun guy. Um, amazing waiver claim pickup. Yes. Let's face it. One of the best waiver claims a team has had in a couple of years. That was in November for free, just a free depth guy. Worked out perfectly, did his job here got hot at times in the regular season in the playoffs. He was a good four checker. It never led to any offense, but I wouldn't say he was particularly terrible or anything yeah. like that. Toronto, they're trying to redo their bottom six. I think they are mesmerized by that Stanley cup ring on him right now and hoping he can bring in some experience there. Do you see what Keith said about him? They think yeah. he can replace Leah McKayev and I, uh, that could- I, that's a good hockey watching, player. I think you're watching the wrong guy there, Sheldon. Yeah. So I, I mean, just the Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> what a bad offseason they're having. Yeah. It's going to be, they're going to be fun to watch again. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for Avs players. Nico Sturm's still available. I wouldn't be shocked if he comes back for a million, maybe. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he's back, but we'll have to wait and see. It's been a crazy day of free agency. Um, I mean, there's there's a couple of other things that went on throughout the league. You had Jack Campbell signing with Edmonton, five years, five point five million, like yeah, you kind of alluded to. Three seconds into free agency, but there's no tampering in this league. Yeah, no, no. Kevin Weeks announced it before free agency even yeah, started. He announced it at like four in the morning. Yeah, like before it even started that that Jack Campbell was going to Edmonton. I don't. I mean, we know what Jack Campbell is. Is he an upgrade over Mike Smith? Yeah, exponentially. Yeah, but is he going to lead them to a cup TBD? I, I, I still don't like their defense. I still don't like their depth and forwards, but go for it, Edmonton. Um, their their kind forwards of... are getting better, I would say, but their defense is just still not good. Yeah. Um, what else we got? Yeah. yeah. I mean, on the topic of Edmonton, Evander Kane signed a five-year <sighs> contract, 5.125. Term doesn't matter. That contract will not last two years. It'll be terminated before too long. Uh, his statement talking about all the adversity he's been through made me want to fucking hurl. So we will be moving on from that because I don't want this podcast to be three hours long. Yep. And I mean, we talked about the big one right off the bat. That was Jack Campbell. I want to talk about what Tampa did just because they're in my brain right now. Mikhail Sergachev signs an eight-year extension worth eight point five million dollars for context kale Kale mccarr makes nine million dollars mikhail sergachev that kind of money is merrill heiskanen money 
and that's that's like a a driver on your defense. Sergachev is not that. He's not. He's no, not even he's, on the top pair. He's not even like I would have expected Chernak to get that. And, and Chernak, Chernak got an eight-year extension for but he got five point two. That's what I would have expected Sergachev to get. But I mean, Tampa, you go for it, man. Like those contracts, I like the Sorelli one. Chernak, I didn't realize how young he was. For some reason, I thought he was like in his mid thirties. Yeah, he's been around for I think four years at this point. Yeah, I thought he was a lot older than he was. Um, the the Sergachev one's gonna look terrible. It's just I, mean, going I, mean, to... I don't think it's gonna look terrible, but I think he's like a six six point five million dollar to fit. Like we're talking yeah. like an overpay, like two million bucks. Sergachev, which not is a lot bad. for a team that's gonna be up against the cap all the time. Yeah, he's not bad whatsoever. He's only twenty four years old, so it's not like this runs until the end of time and he's fifty. Like he's gonna be thirty two, I guess thirty three, because it doesn't kick in until next season when it expires. Yeah. These these are all extensions. So just for context, Sergachev. Chernak and Sorelli all signed eight-year deals that do not kick in this season. They kick in next season, which I did not know. I just thought they just signed like $20 million to guys when they were $6 million over the cap already. It's like, what the fuck? Is this even allowed? But no, they, they kick in next year. And I, that Sergachev one sticks out real bad. I don't know how they saw it fit for him to get an almost $4 million raise. He's good. Like, don't get me wrong. He's good, but it's not that. Yeah, he's, it, it makes it even more impressive the fact that Kale McCarr is only signed for $9 million. But... That, the, ever since that contract was signed, the day after it was proven to be the best contract in the league with the Seth Jones and the Darnell Nurse, you fast forward now, now you got Suryachev to throw in that mix as well. Kale McCarr is currently on the Nathan McKinnon contract that he was on when he signed that deal initially, because Kale McCarr is arguably the second best player in the world. You can argue because he's a defenseman, you want him on your team over McDavid. I don't know. It, it depends how you view it, but you can the person you talk to it. You can make the argument. That's what I'll say. He's on a $9 million contract for, and that's the kind of player we're talking about. That's the kind of player you would expect to make. 14 13 million dollars a year yeah and he's making so nine it's going to be crazy dude i am very very happy with it there is like the nathan mckinnon contract extension is coming i don't know when it's going to happen there's no but I imagine, as long as it's yeah, the season yeah so the, that'll come with time i i cannot wait to see what that is and see if he takes a team-friendly deal um but all in all, man, it's been a crazy, crazy free agency so far. Um, all the trades, I'm interested to see where Johnny Goudreau goes because I think he's really the domino that falls. And then the well, not going to Philly. Goes. it's not, he's not going to Philly. That just got announced that they were never in on him. So he's, he's going to no. New Jersey. He's going to New Jersey, New Jersey or the Islanders. I think he's once that domino falls, then we'll figure out where Nazem Kadri's going. Yeah. And then everything else will snowball. But I mean, um, there's still there's like Andrew Kopp to Detroit. You had David yeah. Perron to Detroit. Ottawa got Claude Giroux. I mean, Ottawa, they're they're building something. They're building something. Debrinket, Giroux, they got Cam Talbot from Minnesota for Philip Gustafson. They're trying to make the playoffs this year, and it's hard to argue that they're not having the best offseason of any team right now. And in, in terms I, of improvement, forty goal scorer in Debrinket. Claude Giroux coming home for three years. That's a, that's a massive boost right there. 
and solid goaltending in Cam Talbot. They had to give up an, a younger guy to get him, but I I like what they're doing right now. Was Melnick holding Dorian back? Because yeah. he's, he's kind of I didn't mention they dumped Murray on the Leafs. Yeah, they got rid of that contract, and now we have to hold the thirty three percent of it, right? For a third and a seventh round pick, that's crazy. So I, I would argue them and Detroit are the big winners of free agency. Yeah. Don't so love far. the Sherratt signing for Detroit, but other than that, I think they're having a good time. Yeah. How do you think fucking Bill Zito feels for the Panthers? Gave up all those things just to get swept in the second round and then yeah, not re-signed in the second either. round. No, no first round picks until 2025, and one second round pick in that time. Yeah, and they have, and they're talking about trading Mackenzie Weger now too. Oh yeah, it seems like that is inevitable that they're going to trade Mackenzie Weger. And Ottawa is in on him, which, good Lord, can you imagine? They get weaker on top of everything else. I think Florida's had a rough day. Their yeah. big signing is Colin White and Nick Cousins. Yeah, and they and lost. The they got Mark and Eric Stahl. Really? Yeah. Eric Stahl's on a PTO. That's hilarious. Okay. And then you got fucking, I mean, they lost Mason Marchman, too. At the Dallas. Rich contract, rich too. Yeah. Wow. Oh, Brett Burns got traded to the Hurricanes. Oh, yeah, he got Brett Burns traded to Carolina. Did not see that coming, but how, how, how do you feel about that one? Because I, I wasn't quite sure which side you hated it for when you texted me. I hate that more for Carolina. I don't think – like, Brett Burns five years ago was one of the best defensemen in the league. He's older now. He's, what, like 36? I think even older than that. I'm trying to find yeah. – but thank God for Cap Friendly because I cannot keep track of all of this. He's old. Yeah, he's 37. He's got three, I was three years left at 5.28 because the Sharks retained 33%. Yeah, I mean, that's he could have one good season, but I, I don't like that move for Carolina. It's a low I, risk. I think it's okay for them, honestly. It's going to age pretty poorly, but the fact that he's not making eight anymore, they're going to stick him at the point. He's going to throw some bombs at the net. He still picked up 54 points last year. Granted, he was a minus 15, but – there's something left in there's the something there, but I, yeah. there, there's a lot of crazy stuff. Um, but all in all, I'm happy with what the abs did. I'm happy with where this team's at and I'm going to be even more happier by the time we record next, I will be back in my man cave and have my good microphone. Yeah. It's good that we were able to do this pretty early in the day. We'll be on standby for any emergency pods. Yeah. Is there anything else that we're – I feel like we're missing something pretty important right now, which we probably – Double check it. Yeah, double check in real quick. Obviously, we talked about Kemper, Sergachev, and the Lightning and stuff like that. Nemesnikov's going to Tampa. Anything. Is there something – there's something I'm missing here. I know it. We talked about Trocek going to the Rangers, so he's off the board for us. Ian Cole – Talked about Cop to Detroit. Cop to Detroit. Ian Cole went to Tampa. Samsonov went to Toronto, which is a Murray-Samsonov – Duo. Good luck. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. That has the possibility to be like, wow, what great reclamation projects. They really turn those guys around. That also has the potential to be the worst tandem in the league. Yes. Very possible. Very volatile thing. Because yes. Samsonov, there is something there with him. There is. I don't think Toronto's the place where he's going to figure that out because now I'm not even talking about their defense. I just don't think their goaltending staff is very good. Look at the goalies that have come in lately and look at all the problems they seem to have. They all seem to have the same problem. They all seem to leave their net. They all seem to like have trouble going post to post. 
I don't think that's a place where you're going to turn your career around. And if it blows up in your face, good luck getting a job somewhere else. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I've always oh, liked Santana. The Blues. Robert Thomas, his eight-year extension at 8.125. I love Robert Thomas, but that seems a little early, doesn't it? I guess he was a point-per-game player this year, and it's not, it's not the worst contract I've ever seen, though. It's like, wow, already? It's more of a bet on him continuing that progression than it is what he's earned. It's a risk you, you take, but we'll see if it pays off for him. Um, I wouldn't still be shocked if they move Tarasenko. I think um, they're going to. I think that's – if the Islanders strike out on Gaudreau, they're going to get Kadri or Tarasenko. Yeah. So it, that, that they're going to offload that $6 million and it'll be okay. But I, I don't really think anyone in the West got particularly a shit ton better today. Um, that's, yeah, that's kind of where I wanted to take this next is we'll wrap up with do you think any team in the West really got to a point where they can challenge the Avs? No. No, I mean you look at the flames. The flames got worse. A lot. The Oilers. The Oilers, I think, got a little bit better. But I, I'd argue the Oilers are the only team that made any steps towards challenging us. Maybe the Kings got better with the Fiala trade. Yeah, but they're still a couple years away. Like I mean, we're like, talking about right now. Let's just look like, at the Central. Like who really got better to challenge the app? We can go down the list. St. Louis got worse. They gave yep. Nick Letty that bloated four-year extension. They're still talking about Tory Krug in trades. They lost David Perron, so that's eight 20-goal scorers now. You know, yep. they couldn't do it with nine. And they got who did they get? They did they get Halak as their backup? Whom? Yeah. Was it Halak? No, it was I, Thomas. It was Thomas Grise, the Rangers that's right. Halak. And yeah, and Thomas Grise, thirty-six. He's he's okay. So it's Jordan Bennington and Thomas Grise. They they really think Jordan Bennington was going to carry them to a Stanley Cup this year. Yeah, I mean, he didn't get hurt. They, we'll they're, see. They're really buying into that narrative, I think. Yeah. So they're doing that. Uh, the Wild got worse, significantly worse with Fiala yeah. going. The and, whole Kaprizov situation and Talbot as well. I I just think it's such a strange thing that they gave up on that tandem of Talbot yeah. and Hakanen for a 38 year old Mark Andre Fleury. And I, I, again, I don't want this to come off as Griffin hates flurry. I just don't get it sometimes. Yeah. I feel like they are double tripling down on making a hasty trade where they traded a young goalie and they're expecting Marc-Andre Fleury, who has had an outstanding career, a hall of fame worthy career. I take back what I said a couple of weeks ago, he's going to get into the hall of fame. He's 38. He was a nine Oh five last year. And in the playoffs, he was just okay. I just don't understand pissing off both of your goalies, getting one traded, benching the other one when he deserved to play, then shipping him out. I like what they got back in Philip Gustafson. I think that'll be pretty good. But um, sorry, that's Daisy's dinner watch going off. But <laughs> who's the young guy they have in Minnesota as well that's going to come up in a couple of years? I'm blank. Yes, oh, I don't know. Jesper Wallstedt. They're going to have yeah. him up in a couple of years. So it makes sense from that perspective. Jesper Wallstedt is 19. I don't get it from their perspective. They got worse with the Fiala trade and everything. Chicago, um, not even in the conversation of yeah. NHL teams at this point at all. Arizona got better by default. Dallas got Mason Marchment. Uh, Nashville, did they do anything? They got McDonough. They got Ryan McDonough, but that's okay. Top resigned Forsberg. Yeah. Winnipeg, are they... 
are they awake? I don't know. What did they do today? They were talking about like, oh, they were going to trademark Shifley and all these guys and everything and burn it down. And they're just kind of like, yeah, let's do, we'll do it again. Yeah. They got a new run it back. So, yeah, I mean, you look at the Central. The Avs are fine. No one's coming. It is the the Avs division and it's not close. And in the West, I don't think it's close anywhere else either. Nope. So, even free agency still matters, but the Avs are so, so head and shoulders above everyone else that they're going to be. Really is they really just kind of are, aren't they? Yeah. I, like I'm looking at the East as well and be like, okay, who really got better? Ottawa, do they make the playoffs? We'll see. Detroit, do they even make the playoffs? We'll see. Like contending teams, Tampa got worse. Toronto got worse. Boston's kind of staying the same. They traded for Pavel Zaka. Carolina, they. I don't know, kind of the same. Yep. Columbus, they're not going to compete for the playoffs. New Jersey, they're getting better. Are they going to get Goudreau? I think that could push them maybe to playoff contention. The Islanders, the Rangers, like you, you see where I'm going with this? The yeah. Bulls, they got Malkin back and everything. That that turned out to be an 11th hour thing they figured out. Who's challenging us here? And I don't mean I don't mean that in like a cocky way. We're so much better than everyone else. It's like legitimately, who is the Avs biggest threat? I mean that as a genuine question. Is it still Tampa? Yeah, still Tampa. We'll have to see. But I I just don't think any team got significantly better that they're going to beat unseat the Avs. I mean, this is the start of the Avs dynasty. Um, we're at the start of it, and I don't think it's going to end for at least three or four more years. So I don't think so either. Like. I'm looking around and I'm, I'm trying to come up with something, especially yeah. in the West. And I'm, I'm just drawing blanks. The Avs, they can sleepwalk their way through the season and win the West. I think. Yeah, I agree. So um, yeah, I am. Uh, I'm excited to be back home. I'm excited to have my microphone back. I'm excited to see my dog, but I'm going to enjoy my last couple of days of vacation. Hopefully not get any more sunburned. And hopefully no more crazy news breaks while I'm out here. I wouldn't get your hopes up about that. (laughs) We'll see. We'll see. But let's send these people on their merry way. Yep. So this was a pretty fun free agency edition. Still some stuff to come with Nazem Kadri and what the Avs plan to do is at second line center. Still waiting for words on Johnny Gaudreau. Obviously Nazem Kadri. John Klingberg still hasn't signed as well. Still a lot of stuff that has to be worked out in the league. So we're not quite into full off-season mode yet, though I, I have gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, man, I really want to see – I really just want to watch hockey again. Yeah, I've yeah, officially same. gotten to that point again. But we'll be back on our normal schedule. We will be back recording on Sunday, releasing on Monday, barring anything crazy like a comp for trade or acquiring some center or something. Nadri – Kadri coming back is emergency, isn't it? I would think, right? Yeah, I agree. It's emergency. It's the last thing they've got to do, and it's it fills the last need. So if Kadri comes back, we'll do an emergency pod. If he leaves, we won't because that doesn't really have anything to do with us. So Kadri comes back, we'll be back. They make a big trade, we'll be back. If those don't happen, we'll be back recording Sunday night, releasing Monday morning. And again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. This season's been... A lot of fun. Now we're going to slowly start to transition to off season. And Christian, we're going to have to have some conversations about what the hell we're going to do. Yeah, we will. That, that that's a future us problem. Yeah, 
just just like the abs and their contracts right now that's a future problem so we'll figure all that out once again thank you so very much for tuning in tsn saying colorado a big winner of today have my sound off don't know why but probably talking about the the lackanen and the manson deal and everything so that's pretty interesting but i'll take that every time Again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. I love when I'm doing the outro and my one-track brain gets interrupted. But again, <laughs> appreciate everyone coming back time after time again. We really do appreciate it. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at Tell It As It Is. But until the next big news breaks or until Monday, we will catch you all next time. Until then, let's go abs.